I'm back. Oh, so after a week off from Anchor, I am back at the podcasting game. I missed it. But, uh, you know, there was just things that I couldn't do. And, um, you know, and there's it was a interesting week that left me unable to really have time at the end of the night to record like I wanted to. And, yeah, I missed it. So, um, I am back now. And with our regularly resumed uh, programming, I was hoping to come back on Sunday, but um, I got caught up in following the Oscar drama. There was one movie I wanted to win in a certain category. We'll get into that. Um, But, yeah, so, and because of that, by the time I was done following all the news, as you might have known, the Oscars ran over, so by the time it was done, it was like 11 o'clock already or something like that, and it was just, oof. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to be up until, you know, 12.30 midnight, or 12.30, you know, 1 a.m., so, but yeah, um, without further ado, I am back. I am Sir Cal with Geek Source Entertainment. Roll the intro, please. who watched the Oscars. Apparently not as many people as before, just like the Grammys earlier uh, this year. The uh, numbers were a bit down uh, from last year's ratings, you know, which which is honestly just to be expected. For First of all, these events have just been you know, a little too political, I think. Um, not that some of the things that they are... In, you know, preaching about aren't, you know, bad or, or they're, they're even good, a lot of it, but, but some of it is just, it's overbearing. Sometimes you just, you get tired of hearing about politics all day. So, you know, that, that's one thing. And, um, and then, you know, to also, it's just a lot of glitz and glamour for, you know, something that many people don't feel is always authentic. You know, you'll have those films that, you know, will get nominated and then don't win. Or even maybe they didn't even get nominated. And in a lot of people's minds, there were better films that should have, you know, either won or have even been nominated. And, you know, for me personally, it's it's kind of like and I, I vented my frustration with this on on Twitter. Um, you know, one of my favorite films of the past year only got one nomination that was Logan with, uh, for best adapted screenplay. I personally think that it should have gotten more. I, I, I feel like the lead cast did enough that they should have gotten, you know, noms in their, um, in their categories. I personally felt like Hugh Jackman should have got best actor nomination. Sir Patrick got, you know, best supporting actor and Daphne Keene best supporting actress. I, and, you know, it has not happened before. There have been other times where younger girls have gotten a, uh Oscar nomination. So that's, you know, it's not like that That can't happen. That Oh, it's only for adults. It's happened before. Personally, it just, it drove me up the wall that, you know, the superhero genre is one of those things that the, the, the Academy overlooks. 
you know, who cares how good the film is? Logan was was a f- film in the comic book genre that transcended its genre into that. It was just a good film altogether. Like many people who, who saw it, you know, the social media reaction that I saw was even if you weren't a comic book fan, this was a movie that you could enjoy, you know, just because it was a good drama. And that's the problem I have with with, um, you know, the Oscars. And I, I think it was Seth MacFarlane who posted on Twitter that the problem with the Oscars is it's all primarily drama-based. You know, it's like, you know, comic book films, sci-fi films, they'll get their nominations for things like visual effects and, you know, and and visual sound editing, that sort of thing. You know, they're, they're recognized on maybe a technical level that, oh, yes, your special effects are really good. But, I mean, sometimes... They should get more than that. You don't really think of a, a few, a whole lot of, um, you know, superhero films and sci-fi films that are good and that that get their due recognition for sometimes being a landmark, you know, film kind of thing, you know, and and it's all primarily every year. It's all primarily dramas. That get nominated for the the actual like uh, prestigious awards. You know, I did like the fact that Shape of Water won the uh, won the the best picture category because it was one of those films that you know, from from what I understand, I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, it was definitely a very odd film. And an odd pick for the, the uh, for it to win, and you know the people that that were ex- that that even wanted it to win were surprised when it did win because it just didn't seem like it was a film that you know was was a typical Oscar nomination, and that that was my problem with the best adapted screenplay. You know there was a, there were a ton of people in the in the um, in the in. Oh, in, in the comic book world, who were rooting for Logan to win Best Adapted Screenplay. The fact that it even got nominated for an, As- an Oscar was something that was big for the superhero genre. You know, because outside of The Dark Knight and maybe a couple select few films, you don't see Oscar nom- nominations for um, for superhero films and comic book films. You know, that are at their heart superhero and comic book films. You know, no matter how good the film is, if it's a comic book film, it's kind of looked down upon. And the fact that Logan even got nominated at all was surprising, you know, but and there were people that were rooting for it to win. But everyone knew, oh, it's going to be Call Me By Your Name. Why? Because it was an adaption of a novel that, you know, pushed, you know, pretty strong LGBT, you know, representation, which, you know, I'm all for diversity, representation and all that. But it's just like when that is the goal, doesn't matter how good of a film it is, that's kind of like, it leaves a poor taste in people who genuinely enjoy film, you know, and it it kind of shows how, and it connects to my other point of it's, uh, you know, how the Oscars are political because it's like most people who watch movies, even people who genuinely appreciate art, you know, there's more to a movie than just the message it preaches, you know, everyone, everyone's, or well, not everyone, but a good portion of people predicted that Moonlight 
was going to win the best picture category. There were many people who were who were thinking, oh, it's going to win. Why? Because it's you know it it was pushing diversity and that the main the the main cast was uh was was uh a minority and apparently the main character was LGBT. You know, and and not that you know I I personally you know I don't really care. I I don't let. It, you know diversity i'm not like someone who go who ooh, they put a black guy uh, they they like they they ch- they changed the gender of this character oh my gosh it's yeah i'm not one of those people i per, you know for example doctor who the lead at the the lead star on doctor who is now uh re- regenerated into a female i don't i don't know if you you know if you don't know doctor who it's basically about a time and space traveling alien who whenever he or now she dies she he or she regenerates into a new person essentially and this was the first time it regenerated into a female and you know of course there are a ton of people you know who appreciated to see that really liked seeing that and there were other people that just were were kind of offended and i'm i'm not one of those people that were offended i personally i just didn't care so long as so long as you know whether she's male or female, does she, does he or she feel like the doctor to me? That's what matters, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, the problem is with the Oscars and a lot of people view it as just these elites, you know, giving awards to, you know, whatever their current political agenda is at the moment because, you know, Call Me By Your Name was the favorite to win because of the diversity aspect thing and same as with moonlight there were plenty of people who were predicting it would win because of the diversity thing well that and la la land it was kind of a thing a toss-up between la la land and it a lot of people predicting it for both ways um you know it going both ways and and honestly i really enjoyed la la land um you know so i would have been fine with it winning best picture i didn't see moonlight so i can't judge maybe it's the better film but it's it's kind of just the thing of, you know, there are film favorites you can just tell by the agenda it pushes. Like, a prime example of that is, I think, the, the movie Crash, where the movie won Best Picture, and even people today are like, it didn't, it, it didn't deserve that. But yet, because it had a certain message, everyone predicted it would win, kind of thing, I guess. That's my thoughts, and that that was my. That's why I don't really pay attention to these to these awards shows because we live in a day and age where everyone can voice their opinions. This doesn't really matter anymore, you know. Who cares what you know? What everyone else, what the, what these certain select group of people say about film or your entertainment? When you know you can go on on Facebook and Twitter and all that and find tons of people who think they're wrong you know i mean and, and it's becoming easier now for you know places like uh ign and other social media um you know that are particularly aimed at say movies and other webs local websites are coming up with their own award shows and stuff like that and it's like who, who cares you like what you like that's kind of my thing and why i don't care for these awards shows because First of all, they're just a bunch of glitz and glamour, and, and for things that just, in the end, who cares? There, there, there are plenty of best picture award winners that people who admit won it because you know they were technically good, and maybe you know they pushed an agenda that the, that they wanted to see that year, and no one for and no one remembers the film. 
and that's the problem with it, with it is it's seen as this uh, there you know this elite thing i know that there's examples of it but it's like you know there are there are plenty of people you can every single year you can find that one or that that one film that uh, should have been in one category and didn't get nominated or didn't win and that's the one that people talk about nowadays and the the, the winner or the nominees don't so Anyways, uh, as you can see, I'm definitely taking advantage of this new anchor and the no time limit thing because I have gone on way too long. Um, but this is my show for my thoughts. This is Behind the Armor, and you're you're getting a good look now. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's roll some music now, shall we? Okay, gonna have to re-record this section because the app crashed on me. Yay! <laughs> um... So, piggybacking off of last section, what did I like about the Oscars? I, there was plenty to like, actually. I was I was happy with a lot of uh, the a lot of the stuff I read in regards to the awards. Um, the first thing I liked was the fact that Blade Runner twenty forty nine won both visual effects and best cinematography. I thought that was that was um, well deserved because everyone. I've read is that the, the everywhere I've read is that the visual effects were fantastic and I've seen stills from the movie and they could be, you know, modern artwork. It, it's just a gorgeous looking film, you know, and also uh, best original screenplay. You know, it's funny. I had a problem with best adapted screenplay going to, you know, a film over Logan, another film over Logan. Um, but uh, I went I, the best original screenplay. I was happy to see Jordan Peele get an award for uh get out because that was a film that apparently he definitely were it was you know it was original story he wrote it apparently like it was one of those things where kind of the director of the film was all in and and it was nice from i don't watch horror so the film didn't interest me i didn't see it but from what i understand people who are horror fans were saying it was one of the best ones in modern history um and then there was uh Man, I know Dunkirk. I'm pretty sure won something. Uh, and I, I really liked that film. I know uh, when it came to Best Director, Guillermo del Toro won it. And I was really, really happy to see that. And, you know, I'm not a huge del Toro fan. I've only seen, like, one or two of his films. Um, but he seems like a really genuine dude. And that's what... Uh, I, I, you know, that's kind of the thing you, pe- the kind of person you want to see win awards and get recognized is genuine people, people who are in it for the actual love of the craft and who really appreciate where they are, you know. Because the thing I like about the guy is he just he seems like that kind of guy you would, if you saw him and you didn't know who he was, you would just think he was a regular dude, and you could have a conversation about the weather and about you know, um, you know the the just random stuff because I can't think of a good analogy. So, you know, that's the kind of people, those are the kind of guys you like to see and girls, I guess, uh, too. Um, you know, you should see get awarded because there, there's plenty of people in it who are just in it for the money. And it's the people that are in it for the love of the craft that, you know, I think should get awarded. And you can tell Guillermo del Toro is that guy. And then to see him win best picture for shape of water, was just yeah fantastic and and i loved his little his little uh he double checks the envelope just to be sure he really won that that was great i i loved that so 
yeah, if there's more that I can find out where I was like, oh yes, I liked that, I'll I'll continue talking about it in the next section. But for now, that's all I can remember that I was happy with the results. And, you know, Logan not winning Best Adapted Screenplay was the one film I was kind of like, no, that's wrong, and outraged about. The, the The rest, I was actually, you know, if I knew the films that, that they were, that was in the categories, and, and I knew the categories and stuff like that, if I knew what film was up against what other films and the, and if they won I was like oh, let me let me rephrase this sentence if I was aware of the category and I was familiar with the films in said category I typically for the most part there were not a whole lot of films out there that I was like oh that that shouldn't have won it should have been this other film most I was like yeah I can see why that won so you know um Yeah, so that's my thoughts on what I liked about the Oscars. All right, so in the music world, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. First off, exciting news, Metallica is going on tour. And unless my parents are awesome and get me tickets for my birthday, like I asked... I will definitely not be going because the cheapest tickets are nearing $200. Holy crap. <laughs> um, and then you have, uh, you know, but you know, there's there's a tour. They, they, they aren't even coming to where I live in early 2019. So that's kind of, you know, it, it might be cool to check that off the bucket list one day. Um, but yeah, like I said, unless a miracle happens, it probably won't be. Won't be happening. I'll just have to enjoy it from the sidelines like I always do. Um, but in other news, um, too, like one of the one of the YouTubers uh, that I follow, um, you know, recently put out a, a the Caleb Hiles and and Jonathan Young put out covers. I might have talked about this um, already uh, because, yeah, now that I think about it, I made their one of the covers one of the covers holy crap my my mouth is not working today one of the covers of from the movie the greatest show as sunday night metal but i'm just i gotta say again check check them out they're both great artists and uh um yeah this past like two three weeks ago or so they did uh they both collaborated and did covers from the greatest show and yeah they are awesome i love it and then you, um, there's more upsetting news this year, um, this past week or so. One of my childhood bands that I, that I have grown up with has announced that they're retiring after 25 years, and that's their day. Oh, man, 2018, it's not been a good year for music already. Jeez. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, because I remember being a young kid... And listening to their music in the car. They were... And I've never really cared for Christian music. I've always found it bland, boring, and, you know, honestly uninspired. You know, and when I read the Bible and how we're supposed to worship, you know, as a Christian, the way I worship God should be definitely inspired. um, Should be a little bit more exciting than what plays on on most Christian radio. And, uh, yeah... 
Third Day was one of those bands as a young kid that stood out to me because I always liked them. I've always been kind of a hard rock guy, and they were a they were kind of on the you know edgier side of Christian music. They weren't like hard rock, heavy metal, or anything, but they were they were like you know classic rock kind of thing. They they had a they had an edge to them that that they have several songs like. Uh, hit me like a bomb or other side um just to name off two of the two of them in my head um there was uh heck even even on their worship worship album they did um on offerings too they did a cover of sing a song that was one of the first songs i that i knew and loved from them and i remember i loved that song and i hated how the radio version of that song edited out the guitar solo or they like chopped it in half yeah it was it was a crime to me because the guitar solo is my favorite part and wire is also an album that has several like edgier you know more rock and roll tracks like till the day i die come on back to me rock star you know so yeah i've got a feeling that's another song off wire and yeah it's like man this this band has been a part of my life since as long as i can remember and yeah they're they're breaking up so um yeah tickets go on sale tomorrow or i guess when this goes live today um march 7th for vip we will definitely be picking up vip because yeah um yeah it's like, yeah, this will be my one and only shot now to meet them. Uh, <laughs> they and it, it, now it's only making me even more bitter that uh, a couple years ago they went on tour with my other favorite band, Skillet. They did a co-headlining tour with Skillet, and I and I and I've always been bitter that we couldn't make um, any of those shows because like two of them were pretty close by, and then we couldn't make either one, and you know. Yeah, and I and I've always been bitter about that because it's like my two favorite bands go on a tour together. <laughs> what? You know, um yeah, it's just it's a sad day. What's funny is is I remember seeing on on Twitter them uh, I uh, on Twitter they they posted something about they were going to have an exciting announcement. It was either them saying they were going to be on a radio show or they retweeted the radio show saying that they were going to have an exciting announcement on or an upcoming announcement, I believe was the exact words. And yeah, and then I I saw that and there was a feeling in my gut that I had and I thought to myself, they better not announce that they that they're finally done because over the past few years, you know, uh in when was when was revelation released revelation i think was 2008 so i could be wrong but i believe it was 2008 and that was when their first member left the band and then after miracle in 2012 another member left the band and then over the years it just seems like the each individual member has been doing something separate uh the drummer david carr has a, a photography um thing that he he's pursuing mac powell the lead singer has done a couple cds with as a uh, solo country artist and it just seems like you know that over the years it seemed like they were 
you know, going on tour less and and doing more things separate. So to be honest, I was kind of fearing for this for a while because in 2016, 2017, they did not have many dates at all for going on tour. And well, if, if I remember correctly, it was it was definitely last year, 2016. I think they toured, but 2017 was, you know, they toured. I think in early 2017, and that was it. Uh, but then they released a new album, and I thought, oh, that's why they weren't touring. They were producing a new album, yay! And it is kind of weird to to me because they just released a new album at the end of uh, twenty, near the end of 2017, and it was so it was kind of like, oh, all right, we're gonna get. You know, typically when a new album comes out, you see the band, they will tour for a good two to three years to promote that that album until the next album comes out. So, you know, at least a year. They'll go on a supporting tour for that album for at least a year. And it just seems like, you know, it it just seemed like they didn't do that. Maybe they they did, and it's just that it was a smaller tour. Um, So, yeah, that was, um, that was very disappointing. When I heard that news and and I remember seeing the tweet and then, yeah, I've never wanted to throw my phone. I I saw that because I remember seeing that tweet where they were like, you know, we have an upcoming announcement. I remember thinking to myself, they better not. Uh -uh." I don't know why I had that that gut instinct, but I did. And then later on on the day, I go on break at work and I check my Twitter feed. And like the top thing on the Twitter feed is breaking their days announcing their retirement. And I, oh, Ah, man, I I would it took everything in me to not just chuck my phone because I have never been so mad, you know, in a while. I've never been that mad in a while. Obviously, I've never I'm not like I wasn't like going to throw my, you know, I'm being slightly hyperbolic. I would never throw my phone, especially a thousand dollar phone like the iPhone 10. But, you know, just. Yeah, it was just I, I, I. I wanted to throw something, and, uh, man, uh, I'm so disappointed, and I definitely will be like, tomorrow, tomorrow's the day, so gotta get tickets now, or, or there will be one shot, so, uh, but yeah, depressing, very depressing. So, in movie news, there is a couple of cool things going around um first we got a new trailer for wreck it ralph 2 in the past week um ralph breaks the internet um <laughs> yeah that, that was uh, that was a pretty good trailer uh i i loved it especially the ending um we got a new trailer for um like just today we got a trailer for christopher robin um from disney I am very, very excited about um, that. I loved Winnie the Pooh growing up, and so uh, seeing this trailer was a certain spark of nostalgia. And then, then there was day before that a trailer for oh, what's it called? Uh, Mary Poppins Returns. So yeah, that that trailer looks really cool. Um, I'm not a huge Mary Pop. Mary Poppins fans. She was not a uh, uh, like the that movie was not the greatest movie 
that I was a, that, you know, I, I definitely liked it, but it was just not one of my favorites, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm not like particular, particularly of one mind or another when it comes to the sequel. Uh, I don't feel super excited for it and uh, and I'm not like oh it's a disgrace that they would touch such a great film thing I, I'm just kind of like well we'll see about it uh so yeah and then on on top of all that I'll uh, I got I got it a day early um I got the Thor Ragnarok steelbook from Best Buy the 4k steelbook at that because um, I now have a device that can run HDR, which is my iPhone. And so when uh, when when the uh, digital download is upgraded to 4K, because that's what they that's what they're doing right now, is there are movies that are already 4K, and the ones that are in HD that can be upgraded to 4K will be upgraded to 4K because I got the 4K. Um, eventually, when it becomes available in 4K, as far as I know, it will be upgraded. So it's standard HD right now, but still, it's nice to. It's, my phone is uh, HDR capable, so when it when it happens, I will have that. And then, of course, also my uh, I'm looking at getting an iPad Pro here in the next couple weeks, which will also have HDR capabilities. And if I remember, if if it doesn't have, I remember looking at the resolution. If it isn't a 4K display, it is. It is still a really clear display that's that's close. So I, I, I'm looking forward to enjoying my uh, my movies in HDR, at least on some devices. I, we, we have a 4K TV that is capable of 4K and HDR, um, but we don't have any players for it yet. We don't have the 4K Apple TV, and we don't have a 4K Blu-ray player. And I have said the word 4K uh, so many times in this segment. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, uh, it's like, what? Just under, just, just under three weeks now until the new Pacific Rim movie comes out. Super excited for that. Can't wait. So, in other movie news, um... Star Wars The Last Jedi comes out in a week. I will be getting that. As well as Justice League, I think. So we'll be getting that as well. Um, Yeah, also another cool thing that uh, we've been seeing is um, more and more leaks are coming out from the Shazam uh, production. So the next movie in the DC um, cinematic universe is, um, underway, and we've gotten our first glimpse at the, at the costume for, uh, the title character, um, which is, yeah, interesting, (laughs) you know, because it's all coming through, like, photographs, not, like, legit releases, it's just people who were on set got, got photographs of it, so that's what we've been seeing, um, we don't know anything about the film or what it's going to be about or anything, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely exciting news there. Um, and then in another relation to film, you know, John Williams has officially announced that after episode nine of Star Wars, he will be done doing the Star Wars saga, which is, you know, honestly is, is 
much as my initial reaction is no you know i can understand it the guy's done three trilogies now when episode nine is done he will have done three trilogies he did the original trilogy he did the prequels and then he did this soundtrack and man yeah he's there have been fantastic scores for every single one and the fact that his scores are so good are just just for star wars alone any other composer would kill for that kind of track record and then when you look at his other his other uh, accomplishments he's done you know scores for the first two harry potter films he's done jurassic park he's done et just about any film with steven spielberg um he's done indiana jones he's done he's he's done jaws there's just so many it's like and he's he's the most accomplished film uh composer and i think i read that he he has uh 51 oscar nominations for his scores they're just that good and the, the guy is is just it's like yeah I, I can totally understand you know him you know being like all right after this i'm done because he's done so much just even outside of star wars you know but you know with, when you've done nine movies it's gotta be like over a span of how many decades first one was in you know first so now 40 years you know 40 years since the first one 41 years now so you know it, it's kind of it's kind of got to be like at some point he's got to say all right you know i'm done and you know to have three whole trilogies with his music you know as the backbone for the 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 scores and as the backbone for the films is pretty darn just spectacular how many other how many other sagas you know are out there that can say that uh most i mean most sagas out there just don't share composers anymore you know the marvel cinematic universe each film you know has different tone different you know different character so different uh different composers the harry potter films after the first two or three um he you know other composers came on and then you have you know you have the dc cinematic universe which the first two movies were done by hans zimmer and then after batman v superman he he left um he, he hans zimmer swore off superhero films although he is coming back um ironically coming back with marvel this year with a uh, dark phoenix for the x-men series so yeah uh, not many series can say that they've had the same composer over nine films over four decades it's it's incredible and yeah uh, hats off to john williams you know and also he's just a genuine dude too like like going back to my comments about uh guillermo del toro you know it, he seems like another one of those guys who's just really humble really down to earth i remember seeing this video um pretty recently where uh, apparently they found you know these two kids found where he lived and it's a pretty humble looking house it's not like you know a giant house or anything i mean it looks honestly like a house in just kind of a a well off neighborhood and you know these two kids start playing the star wars theme on their trumpets and 
you know, outside his house, which, you know, for most people, it would be a, a genuine, like, and justifiable get off my lawn. But, you know, he comes out and we don't, the, the video ends after he comes out, but he starts having a conversation with these two kids and he appreciates the gesture. And I think, you know, that's, that's just cool. There's something about class that you don't see too much. And it's also, it's just gotta, it's gotta be kind of cool from his perspective too. The fact that, you know, kids of these, in these days are still getting into these movies and are discovering his music and, and enjoying his music to the point where they're playing it on trumpets outside his house, which is a little weird, but, uh, you know, it just goes to show like what kind of legacy he has, um, as a composer that, you know, there, there are going to be countless films that kids are going to watch, you know, with their parents and stuff like that, you know, and they're going to be like, oh, who's the composer? Oh, John Williams. And then they're going to be open to this whole world of of uh, music for movies. And uh, yeah, I uh, I personally I, I I'm OK with this decision. I, I think it was just going to be a matter of time I, I because I remember reading something about how his he had health issues during uh the production of the force awakens so you know and that was that was three years ago so you know in another year from now it's 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 gotta be it's gotta be hard where you know he's he's getting old and you know he's left a legacy he, he, any other composer would kill for his kind of track record and so i i while I think it's a sad day. I uh, I am okay with this decision because it's like it it was coming eventually, and I think it's better for him to gracefully bow out when he, you know, decides then, you know, have something like what happened with Carrie Fisher and them scramble to get someone in to take the spot. So, um, because John Williams honestly is the the key to. You know, he's one of the most pivotal parts of of the Star Wars saga. You really don't understand, you know, you don't get it at first. But when you look at the music behind these movies, it's like it a good sound a a a, a good soundtrack can take an okay movie and make it good. It can take a good movie and make it great, and that's what it did for Star Wars. I doubt star wars would be as remembered if it lacked the music that it had because everyone knows the star wars theme everyone knows the imperial march you know everyone knows duel of the fates from episode one I, the scores like for the prequels are one of the are one of the things that redeems them and that you know people who don't like the the prequels will still say but the score is awesome and duel of the fates is one of those tracks uh so yeah uh that kind of rounds out my thoughts on you know movies and star wars and john williams so yeah and so that is it so concludes Episode 9 of Behind the Armor. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely missed this. Although, one thing I haven't missed is my... It, it, it always goes like this, where I have... Where it seems like 
there at the end, the last couple segments, I, I struggle with, what do I talk about now? You know, so um, that's kind of why I decided to take a break, too, um, last week, because, you know, obviously there were things come up that, like, things prevented me from doing it when I wanted to, but also, you know, I could have done it, like, I probably could have done an episode in the middle of the week, probably could have done Sunday Night Metal, but I just decided, like, you know what, I need... I need a a uh, uh, one week off, so that way I have more to talk about. And it was kind of a dry two weeks, so ugh, I'm hoping hoping there'll be more to talk about uh, this upcoming uh, this next episode of Behind the Armor. Not that there wasn't no, not anything to talk about this episode, especially with the Oscars and stuff. But yeah, um. I've, I've definitely missed it, and I I look forward to jumping back into uh, the podcasting realm. So uh, I will hopefully see you again on Thursday. So or yeah, and then, and then I hope everyone has a good night, has a good rest of your week, and yeah, if I get back. On Thursday, I will. You will hear from me again then, and yeah, I look forward to it. So, my name is Sir Cal. This has been Behind the Armor Tuesday's Favorites with Geek Source Entertainment. I'm your host, Sir Cal, signing out. <laughs>